Hey guys, guess what? 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 It's another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey, and I'm Sailor. Yes, you are. <laughs> this is Jake. What's everybody doing tonight? Oh, we're just <clears throat> talking. Just metal. recording. Yeah. The greatest episode to date. Hey, you know what's you know what's super fitting about us uh, recording this on Valentine's Day? What's it's that? It's that we're talking about the most beloved metal <laughs> album of all time. Sailor, uh, what are we no, talking about? I would disagree with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, before we get into the topic of our show, though, maybe we should just explain, in case there's any new listeners out there, what it is we do every week on this show. Okay, I guess. So, for you new listeners out there, all seven and a half of you, on this episode is different, but normally we do uh, take two albums from one artist and debated them against each other. And at the end, only one reigns supreme. That is true, but this show is going to be a little bit different. And before I get into that, let me just apologize. I am getting over a really horrible cold, so I sound like shit. And I apologize, and I will try not to snot all over the microphone. <laughs> Yesterday, I sounded like Darth Vader, and not in a cool way. Uh, I don't know what the hell I sound like, so my apologies. Um, so we're in the middle of our Metallica series. Uh, this is part four. So if you've been listening uh, since the beginning, you would know that show one, we discussed Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning. Show two, we discussed Master of Puppets. And show three, we discussed the album and Justice for All. So tonight we will be discussing what some say is Metallica's pivotal album known as the Black Album. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. But something else that is equally important to our topic is that we are all whiskey nerds. And on this show we will drink whiskey and probably quite a bit. On each show we'll uh, pair a whiskey to the theme of the show. And for tonight... That is Ed. That is right. Hey, but before we get into the discussion and Ed's whiskey pairing, we should say hi to our better halves, Matt and Ed. Sup, dudes? Hey, guys. What's up? Ready to get into this. I am also sick, so I sound like I smoked four packs of cigarettes today. Sorry. Oh, Dude, man. Matt, we sound like uh, Marge's sister. What was her name? Remember her? Mark Simpson's <laughs> sister. Now, yeah, I'm, now I'm really glad we're not all in the same room here, so I don't pick up all your your sicknesses here. So um, it's Valentine's Day um, night, Valentine's night. What the fuck are you all doing, hanging out with me? Guys? It wasn't it wasn't easy. Well, you're very persuasive. We'll just say that <laughs> it's a Wednesday night. What are we gonna do? <laughs> I, got, I got three kids sleeping upstairs. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Well, I and my am, and my wife and my wife has strep too. So, yeah. hey, I'm happy to be spending my Valentine's night with my three favorite dudes, my everyday MCMs, and my number one boyfriend, which is Bourbon. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Lars. Yeah, <laughs> you will. You'll be spending this episode with him as well. You Lars. <laughs> Hey, at least tomorrow when you go back to work, you can tell all your friends that you spent your Valentine's Day with three guys. I can. There you go. <laughs> True. 
and a lot of bourbon. Sound three, really ma- three married guys and a bunch of bourbon. That. <laughs> Sir, you slut, you. On a Wednesday, too. On yeah. a Wednesday, shit. What happens on Friday? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. boy. Enough, enough of the crap. Let's get down to it. Let's do it. Uh, well, before we get into anything, uh, Sailor, do you have some rock news for us? I got a little mixed bag here tonight. Try to change it up a bit. But let's start off with a little bit of Metallica news because it's the subject matter of the night. Um, It was recently announced that Metallica will receive the Polar Music Prize for 2018. This is a Swedish international award which recognizes both contemporary and classical musicians each year. Um, It will also be awarded to the Afghanistan National Institute of Music and its founder and director, Ahmad Sarmast. That's amazing. And each uh, laureate receives prize money of about a million Swedish kronar, which is about $124,000. Like five bucks. Not since Wagner's, um, I should say Wagner, sorry, Emotional Turmoil and Tchaikovsky's canon has anyone created music that is so physical and furious and yet still so accessible this is a quote from the polar music prize website said about metallica that's pretty freaking amazing yeah that's awesome um when asked lars ulrich fuck you lars says it's a great validation of everything that metallica has done over the past 35 years and at the same time we feel like we're in our prime with a lot of good years ahead of us uh no Past recipients have donated their prize money, so let's hope that Metallica does the same. In douchebag news, my favorite douchebag to talk about, Gene Simmons, is in the news again. But it's time for something a little bit different, Um, other than being a douchebag. I've given him a hard time in past news segments, so I figured I would change it up a bit. So he's written a book titled 27, The Legend and Mythology of the 27 Club. So apparently in this book, he sets out to deconstruct and explain why the age of 27 for celebrities is so crucial and leads to so much death and suicide. Now, Gene himself has never had a drop of alcohol or done any drugs besides laughing gas at the dentist. Um, I'm not sure I really give a shit about his opinion on this issue. I still think he's a giant douchebag, but you guys might, so I thought I would include it. So if anybody else reads it, let me know if it was crap or not. Uh, Let's see. In shitty shit news, Judas Priest lead guitarist Glenn Tipton was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and recently announced he will no longer be performing. Now, he's been living with the early stages for the past decade, but it seems now it has progressed into the later stages. He says that he's not leaving the band. He is just unable to tour and perform regularly. In his absence, Andy Sneap will step in, step in. Andy has played with Priest in the past and also bands like Megadeth and Opeth. Now, we talked about this a little bit in our uh, Facebook group, Metal Rock and Whiskey. Sad, sad news. Um, <clears throat> I mean, when, you know, the guys get up to the ages that they are in Priest, you kind of expect this, unfortunately. But uh, I'm happy to hear that he says he's still going to be a part of the band and will hopefully still be able to be there to at least write new music should they choose to do that after this last album. 
Um, but here's some good news. Let's end with some good news. Um, Metal Church's drummer, Stet Howland, has announced that he is in full remission from cancer. Last fall, I don't know if you remember, he was diagnosed with a type of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. He underwent treatment, very aggressive treatment, and thankfully it was successful. So he's in full remission. Um, he says he's excited and hopeful and um, anxious to grow his hair back and get back to playing music. So that's really awesome. That's great news. Yeah, let's raise a glass to him. Yeah. All right, that's the news, guys. You want to talk about whiskey? I want to talk about whiskey. With every episode, we pair a whiskey, and this time around, I am pairing whiskey with Metallica's self-titled album, also commonly known as the Black Album. Now, at first, I was thinking about this, and the first thought came to mind um, was something that might be a little on the nose, but the more I thought about it, the more appropriate I thought it was, and I just ran with it. Um, the Black Album is Metallica's best-selling album, and the album art, I can assume, is recognizable by most metal and non-metal fans alike. Um, similarly, Jack Daniels' Old Number 7 is the best-selling whiskey in the USA and has an extremely high brand recognition by whiskey drinkers and non-whiskey drinkers alike. Oh, and I also, did I mention the Black Album is Metallica's best-selling album? Uh, so, uh, yeah, and so black obviously is also the thematic color for both the album and the bottle of the label. And I think both the Black Album and Jack Daniels also have been met with a little black controversy at times. Um, Jack Daniels, more most likely for um, the whole bourbon debate, whether is it or is it not bourbon and metallica's black album when it first came out there was a lot of debate about is this real metallica or what's going on with this band you know and i think that might be touched on tonight uh, just a little bit so my friends is my whiskey pairing for the show wow so i would think to myself, if you chose that brand of whiskey to pair with this album, that you don't like this album. Well, there's obviously a lot of people worldwide that like Jack Daniels. Yeah, I think he's he's <laughs> he's doing it more of the like the worldwide acceptance of it. It's the number one selling whiskey worldwide. I will actually drink it from time to time, and but I do I do like this album. And listen, I do listen to it from time to time. I may not like it as much as I have in the past. Similarly, Jack Daniels, but, <laughs> but I, you know what? I, I actually, I loathe, loathe the regular Jack Daniels, yes, but the, uh, the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof yes. selection is phenomenal. I can't, it, it is so far, uh, I mean, just excellent. It took it the words right out so of my good. mouth. It's so good. Took the words I mean, right like, out of my mouth. It's like banana foster cheesecake if you've ever been to Red Lobster and had single, that. 
the only thing I've ever liked from them has been that. Yeah, same here. I think I'm okay without that in my life right now. You should try it. Owe it to yourself. It's pretty phenomenal. I don't know. (laughs) know. What's everybody drinking tonight? Matt, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking a little something on the mellow side, since we're talking about the Black Album. Uh, I'll get into that later, but I'm drinking mellow corn, bottled in bond, obviously. Pretty polarizing pour, I think, as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I actually just cracked open a brand new bottle that showed up at my doorstep today, thanks to uh, thanks to one of our good Instagram friends at Eagle Loving Bacon Eater, which I love his frickin' handle. Um, <laughs> yeah, he sent me. It's uh, OBSF from Four Roses. It's a barrel strength uh, store pick, and uh, and it is it is really nice. It's it's got a great mouthfeel, nice and floral. Pretty tasty. Sailor? Well, since I'm sick, I'm drinking a little extra bourbon tonight to kill all the bugs. But um, I was just kind of feeling a little blah. I've kind of been sleeping all day trying to recoup. And I just was like, I'm just going to grab whatever off the shelf because I don't like this album. So I just grabbed an expression that's like, you know, it's okay. It's all right. It's just kind of, you know, it's good. I like it more than I like the album. I'm drinking the just regular Four Roses small batch. I know that don't, don't, I hope that doesn't break your heart, Jake. It's a fantastic pour. Great it's, price range. It's, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's, it, it, it appeals to the masses and it's, great, and, it's and it's got great flavor. Exactly. It's yeah. transitioning into the black album. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it appeals to the masses. If I was going to choose something to pair with the Black Album, if I was actually going in that direction, I would probably grab a bottle of NyQuil. Mm. Oh, the number one selling cold medicine. Good call. (laughs) And it's incredibly effective. And she drank the whole thing. The whole (laughs) damn thing. (laughs) Let's get to the damn timeline already. Yeah. <laughs> we'll the there's a lot of there's a lot of subtle like shots right here. We thought you were drinking Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels no, man. that was my pairing. Oh, I'm not drinking it. Oh, I don't that's just that. one. Sorry, for the tonight. Confusing. I am drinking some Old Forester 1920. So I'm uh, I'm in Jake's oh. room with the high proof, uh, quite barrel strength, but 115 proof. I'll do the job. That is one of my absolute favorite expressions. I have a serious love affair with that expression. Oh my god! I've gra- I think I grabbed four bottles when it first came out, and I'm only down to one. Damn it! Sixty dollars. There, I don't think there's anything better that you can buy. Oh my god! Totally. Right now, it's yeah. it's right it's right in that sweet spot, right with like uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof and and the mm-hmm. other. I mean, it's yeah, it's right there, and and the fact that you can walk in and get it. Anywhere you go, yep. right in the uh, same camp, I'd say is the wild turkey rare breed. Yep, I would agree with that. Yeah, 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 I would too.
Metallica, commonly known as the Black Album, is the fifth studio album by Metallica. It was released in August of 1991 by Elektra Records and was released to critical acclaim and became the band's best-selling album. Five singles came from this album, Enter Sandman, The Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters, Wherever I May Roam, and Sad But True. Many say this is the album that marked a change in the band's thrash style. I would disagree. We'll talk about that later. The album debuted at number one in 10 countries and spent four consecutive weeks at the top of the Billboard 200, making it Metallica's first album to top the charts. The recording of this album was fraught with drama, though. The songs were written in two months in the mid in mid-1990. The ideas for some of them were originated during the Damage for Justice tour. Metallica was initially impressed with Bob Rock's production work on Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood, which came out in 89, and decided to hire him to work on their album. Although they did come to this decision with some difficulty. The band frequently had conflicts, though, with this new producer. Um, so since it was Rock's first time producing a Metallica album, he had the band make the album in different ways. He asked them to record songs collaboratively rather than individually and in separate locations. And since he says the bands were perfectionists, Rock insisted they record as many takes as needed to get the sound they wanted. The album was remixed three times and cost what was said to be nearly a million dollars. The troubled production coincided with Ulrich, Hammock, and Hammett and Newstead's divorcing their wives as well. And Hammett said this influenced their playing because they were trying to take those feelings of guilt and failure and channel them into their music to get something positive out of it. The experience was so stressful that Bob Rock briefly swore never to work with the band again. The tension between the band and producer was seen in several Metallica documentaries. Although he would go on to record with them again right through to St. Anger. And after the production of St. Anger, I have to put this in there because it's just too funny. A petition was signed by nearly 1,500 fans and was posted online to prohibit Bob Rock from producing Metallica albums. The petition says he had too much influence on the band's sound and musical direction. Rock's response was that it hurt his children's feelings. Fuck yourself. Sometimes he, <laughs> he said, even with a great coach, a team keeps losing. You have to get new blood in there. Fuck off. Hurt oh, way, to, way to pat yourself on the back, Bob. No shit. <laughs> up, you idiot. So that's the timeline. <clears throat> Let's discuss. Wants to start, not me. Okay, well, I guess I'll go. Um, like the previous um, episode, and Justice for All was my introduction to Metallica. So naturally, this was the first album that I ever had the chance of anticipating its release. Um, so this was would have been back in my my college days. Um, on the positive side, you know what? There's some a lot of really good 
memorable tracks on here that I really enjoy. Enter Sandman, even though I know a lot of people would say it's probably been played to death. Um, when it comes on the radio or whatever, there's something, a little spark inside me that still really enjoys it. And, and my kids all recognize it and they sing along to it and everything has just been, um, you know, that's to me, that's the standout song of this album. Now, where it falls short for me is, you know, going back to, you know, Bob Rock, I think they tried to put too much on this album and they ended up with, you know, several what I think are just mediocre songs on this album that they could have done without. I mean, there are 12 tracks on this this album. They could have knocked off at least three or four, and that would have been fine, and it probably would have been a better album overall for it. No way. But that's obviously my opinion. Um, but overall, I think this would fall into definitely my top five favorite Metallica albums. But uh, the biggest impression I got when this album came out was um, back in the days when we bought CDs, kids. Um, the cover <laughs> inside. At the inside, and this is the first time probably any Metallica fan has ever seen them with short hair. Finally. And I was like, oh, but, you know, they're looking a little more normal, a little more mainstream and it's i think that's what we're they were uh they did to this album they went a little more mainstream i remember the first time i heard uh enter Sandman on the radio me and my at the time girlfriend were i think we were uh at a mini golf course and they were playing the radio over the speakers and i heard enter sandman come on and i could not believe it and like oh my gosh they're playing metallic on the radio this has got to be a first but that's you know just a sum it up that's just a brief glimpse into my experience with the album and kind of how i feel about it i, th I think mm. that uh if you're a metal fan in general um it, it can't it can't go unnoticed the uh the power that this album has had across the spectrum of metal music um <clears throat> in today's metal world you, you you won't hear a single uh artist around now that that doesn't say that uh, you know, Metallica was an influence on them. And and if you think about the fact that this album still today never sells less than 5,000 units in in like a, a week, it averages 5,000 a week. It's not, it has not dropped less than 1,000 units per week. 30 million actual tape CDs or records, actual physical albums, 30 million have been printed worldwide, which means that this this has touched the you know has, has touched more more people than any other metal album ever, and that's I mean that that can't go un, unnoticed. You know whether I think I think where people have a problem is uh, it's the older metal the older Metallica fans that came in, you know when they had a thrash album or or you know a different type of album and it's this is different. This is an evolution of Metallica. And, and I love that personally. I, th I think that's when you listen to their catalog that every album, there's no repetitiveness. There's no boring, you know, I listen to some other metal bands and, and each album is like the same damn genre. It's the same thing. Every album, <clears throat> there's no, 
evolution. They don't change. The sound sounds the same, and it's just boring. Metallica, you can just sit there and listen album after album, and it keep it's fresh every time. Now, you know, getting far beyond this album, I don't necessarily care for uh, you know a few of the albums beyond this. But it's not that I don't like Metallica. I'm obviously a fan of Metallica. I just I think it's easier. It, you should come into Metallica as a fan more with the mindset of you know uh, this song or that song on an album that maybe I don't, maybe you don't care for that sound in that song because they every single one of their albums has multiple styles on the album. So just to you know, there's a lot of people that want to discard this album because they they just love the thrash Metallica or they just love this or that. Well, this this album stands on its own. It's completely different than it. Then I, I don't think there's another Metallica album that sounds like this at all. Even Load is very different from this and Justice Before It is very different from this. This is the first time that we really get to hear James sing and, and stretch his vocal range. I think it's amazing. The amazing the range that he shows on this album i think that that's probably what makes this such an amazing album for me is i really 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 appreciate uh the vocal range that james shows and i think that's a direct result of uh of bob rock pushing him uh to try it out and to change you know as well uh this is the first full album where uh where hemet writes all of his own guitar solos all of his own. Now, there's obviously James has his own solos on here too. But in in the past, uh, every album prior, at least like half of Kirk's solos had been written by James. You know, prior to uh, to the recordings. So, I, I think this is where you get to see um, a, a lot of the band members really come into their own. I love what Jason, uh, especially coming off of Justice, where where the bass is non-existent. Uh, you jump into this album and Newstead just crushes it on this album. I think he does such a phenomenal job, uh, especially uh, like My Friend of Misery. That intro bass uh, riff is just freaking awesome. The one person, and here you go, Sailor, I think this might be Lars's worst performance, if that's even possible. I think that... He did so amazing for Lars on Justice. And then I think he's the one that really just fell out for me on this album. Mm. Well, I will say that I look at this album from two different perspectives. The metal fan in me understands what a game changer this album was. uh, Understands that it was the right album at the right time for the genre. Um, there wasn't a lot going on in the, in the world of rock music in 1991. Uh, I mean, you had grunge coming to the forefront, uh, which may have at the time maybe turned a lot of people off. They were looking for something a little bit more radio friendly, but on the hard side. Um, I think well, it was MTV too, not just and, radio and MTV. And MTV yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. hundred percent. Um, and the staying power of this album can't be discounted from a music fan point of view. Um, I think even up until, I mean, Jake, you mentioned it uh, as far as the album sales goes, but I think up until last year it was still charting, actually, um, you know, on the 200, Billboard 200 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. In 2016, which is, it, it almost went gold. Yes, which is <laughs> absolutely, <2016. laughs> absolutely mind boggling considering the state of music today. 
but this album is still selling like that. Um, that's the music fan in me. The Metallica fan in me feels completely the opposite. Um, completely the opposite. Uh, I made the joke in our scrapped recording for the first time we talked about this is that uh, I was drinking mellow corn then too, and it's 80% corn. I feel like this album's 80% Bob Rock. Because <laughs> I feel like, I don't, I don't know, I, he gets too much credit, I think, for what this album became. Uh, and it's true. I mean, it's, it's 80% him. And uh, there are some gems on there that I like. I think through the, I think through the never is a good song. I think uh, don't tread on me is a good song. I like those songs. But the big hits, the big hits, somewhere right now, there's probably a million radio stations playing Enter Sandman as I speak right now, somewhere yep. around the clock all the time. Uh, you know what's coming when you see them live. You know what the last song is going to be. It's no secret. Last two songs are going to be nothing else matters right into Enter Sandman. That's it. Um, those are my bathroom breaks. Sad but true, wherever I may roam. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Bathroom beer breaks. Oh. Um, overplayed. I think the album is kind of its own worst enemy in that fact that it's just so appealing that it is just I can't get it. I can't get the shit out of my head. <laughs> it's gonna haunt me forever. And uh, I think it's it's just not them to me. It's just not them. It's just that period of time. Uh, load and reload. You mentioned it, Jake. Um, I can almost respect that a little bit more because they were branching out. They were trying something different, uh, in a different music world in the mid nineties. Um, experimenting with different sounds and, you know, his lyrics and all that stuff. Um, but this is just, could you, could you see the upward mobility coming? Absolutely. You could see it coming cause they were getting white hot, you know, after the justice tour, um, they're becoming a lot more popular, but you know, the Metallica fan in me, it just, it kills me. This album just absolutely kills me. It's funny. The two songs that you mentioned that were your favorite are on this album are actually my two least favorite. I yeah. like them both, but they're my two that, uh, you know, if, if I were to ever hit skip on this album, those are the two songs that I tend to, to, to jump past. Yeah. And it, maybe it's just the anti black album in me that says that because everyone says obviously those five singles. So I'm going with like the complete opposite, you know, songs that people might skip over that I actually like listen to over and over again and enjoy. So being off quiet take over off. there, sailor. Well, I'm glad she's going last. <laughs> I've always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. My mom said that for New Yorkers. We don't believe in that. <laughs> All right, so tell us how Let you really feel it. then. All right, so first of all, just um, let me start at the beginning, and then I'm going to hit respond to some of the points that you guys have made. Number one, I'm not going to discount the talent of the band. I'm not discounting, you know, how how good of an album this is. I'm not discounting discounting any of that. So let's just get that out of the way. To me, I watched Metallica die in Injustice for All. That they, they were dying to me. That, that was the end for me. I, I thought I saw it coming. I couldn't really understand exactly what was happening. When the Black Album came out, I was really excited and I thought maybe they've had enough time to recover. Maybe they saw where they went wrong with Injustice for All and they're going to get back to what they do best. They're going to get back to being a thrash metal band, which is what the name Metallica did. They were a thrash metal band. 
when I heard this album, I felt sick. I felt physically ill. This was my favorite band ever. I, I, it was, this was not Metallica. It is not Metallica. It was not a Metallica album. It was not a Metallica, an album Metallica would ever write or record in my opinion. I think that it was the perfect time for them after Injustice for All to say, Metallica is done. We, we, everything changed probably due to losing Cliff, also due to them growing up as people, as individuals, their circumstances getting easier. There are a lot of artists that have spoken about Nick Cave, Trent Reznor have talked about, I fear that if I ever go and get emotional support, if I ever get counseling and therapy, that it will affect my art. And this is true. Most amazing art has come from the most troubled people. Hard music, especially metal, often comes from strife and adversity and pain. And sometimes it's personal strife, adversity, and pain. So these guys are comfortable. They're successful. They're famous. Everything is coming very easy to them at this point. I but think three of them are going through divorces. This is like their most strife. Three of the members are going through divorces during the recording of the album. Their most strife. <laughs> Let me finish. So this is a great time to say Metallica is over and this is the new band that we are, whatever they want to call themselves. And come out with the Black Album. And this is going to set the stage for what this new band wants to do what this new band wants to write and record and how they want to um, live out the rest of their career being a mainstream hard rock band. This is not a metal album. You cannot take such a departure from Master of Puppets, which mind you, there's only one album in between Master of Puppets and the Black Album. The departure is unrivaled almost. That is a different band, completely different band you don't take a departure like that and say to your fans we're still the same band we're doing the same thing because you're not i don't think this album has any power in the metal world i think it had plenty of power in the pop and rock world in the mainstream music world this album gave other bands permission to be heavier and sound heavier and it made the word metal not be this subversive bad thing that fucked up teenagers are listening to so i don't i disagree that it has power in the metal world if i want to hear metal i want to hear metal i listen to other types of music i might have continued to listen to metallica had they changed their name and become become a different band and not try to just ride the coattails of what they had done previously i may have stayed a fan of this new band but if I am expecting a thrash metal band to write a thrash metal album, I don't think I'm wrong. If I want to listen to something that's more mainstream, that's something a little softer, mainstream rock, I'll go listen to a mainstream rock band. I'm not going to listen to fucking Metallica because they're not fucking Metallica anymore. They are just now a radio-friendly hard rock band. And that is my problem with this album. That is my problem with the band as a whole after Injustice for All, that what they were doing before is dead. The Metallica we all knew and loved is dead and gone forever. Clearly forever, because they have never come back. I could not 
I could not disagree with you more on pretty much everything you just said. For one, when Metallica came into the music world, they weren't coming out to be a thrash band. They weren't coming out to be this band or that band. They were coming on the scene to be Metallica and to do whatever they wanted, however they wanted. They were incredibly eclectic in their music tastes. They they knew from day one, and they've talked about it, that they wanted to do a lot of different styles of music. And, you know, beyond Kill 'em All, they've progressed from, I mean, just from that point. And, you know, right off the bat, I mean, going to Master of Puppets has, you know, some huge ballad type songs where they're getting into that style and they move right into, I mean, people were having issue with Ride the Lightning with the the ballad type songs with Fade to Black and stuff like that. I mean, they've been progressing into what they wanted to do and and that's why that's why they are metallica and, I'm and that's what that's why they're not that's why they're not this a band like slayer that's put out the same crap album year after year after year and nobody gives a shit that's why they're the greatest selling metal band of all time because because they have evolved and they have shown that they have range and that they can keep people interested and not just put out the same album year after year. That's what makes them Metallica. That's what makes them the greatest. Makes the greatest. And to say to say that they're no longer Metallica is a complete bullshit statement from who Metallica is. This is Metallica. Metallica is a band that has range, and that's what's made them great. But Jake, that's that's one album every eight years. Jake, not okay. one album every year. <laughs> to say my statement is bullshit is a little. <laughs> I can say whatever the fuck I want. It doesn't make it bullshit just because you disagree with it. Second of all, millions of people give a fuck about Slayer. Okay. They're one of the biggest fucking thrash bands ever in the history of the fucking world. And you can use different examples in the thrash genre for your arguments that might serve you just a little bit better because you only ever use Slayer. <laughs> Third, I never said a band shouldn't progress. Of course a band is going to progress. Of course they should progress. But, but you're saying that as soon as they progress, they're no longer they're yes. no longer the band. <laughs> what I said is they progressed into a completely different genre of music and abandoned their original genre. And you said they were no longer Metallica. That Metallica died, and that, that and that they're no longer Metallica. Another genre of music. They are not. They have. They do not even closely resemble what they were in their first four albums. That's when you change your name. That's when you recognize. We're, we want to do something different. Good for you. You want to do something different. Maybe you want to go start a country band. Awesome. I'm happy for you. That's great. But you don't start fucking calling it Metallica when it's bluegrass music. You but do they're you Metallica. Progress, but they're not. They are not Metallica. And the, Yeah, it is. <laughs> you're coming, from, basis. You're, you're coming from the point of view of they can be whoever they want to be because they're fucking Metallica. Exactly. Which is and they're still, they're still yeah. playing metal music because they're they not, are the staple of the metal genre they are the center of the metal genre rock they play radio rock they play hard rock they do not play metal anymore it's hard rock i am not trashing the black album it is a great album it's a great hard rock radio friendly album that may be a little bit of metal in it and for those of us that were there at the beginning of metal and thrash metal and for those of us that experienced that and helped bands like that to become who they are, it felt like an absolute betrayal. And that is how I feel about it. And that's how a lot of their original fans felt about it. it wonderful for them that they're the biggest metal band in the world. I could give two fucks. 
that to me does not mean the music is good. I don't care about the popularity. I don't care about it at all. If five people listen to something and I like it, I'm still going to like it. As a matter Absolutely. of fact, if, if Rachel's playing it every five seconds, it's probably not that good. There are rare exceptions, actually, because the masses does not have great music taste. I mean, the things that have gotten popular throughout the time of music, just because the masses liked it, because it was marketed to them or pushed or typically not been as amazing as things that would be considered in subgenres or underground music. So that it holds no weight for me in this discussion. Mm. Right? Oh, it's the most popular <sighs> album. Oh, it's the best-selling album. Or they're the biggest this. I don't give a fuck. That means nothing. It has nothing to do with the quality of music. When you have a band like Nickelback that's still around, Nickelback selling millions of albums worldwide proves my argument right there. Just because they're popular, just because it does well, does not mean it's quality. And Sailor, I think going back to a point you made way at the beginning of all the great points you made, um, I think that this you saying that this album kind of made it okay for bands today to think that they're playing a certain kind of music when they're really not. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I, I do think that's true because I think that for some of the bands today that look at this album as the defining metal album, um, I do think it's, uh, you know, selling metal a bit short, actually. A lot short. Yeah, a, a lot, lot short. short. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's really a disgrace to metal, to be completely honest. And the band should even, and I, if I was Metallica, again, this is my problem. They should say, hey, listen, we, we're, we're not metal anymore. You know, when we did the Black Album, it's not a metal album. Just like Jake's saying, we progress, we change, and good, great for them. That's that's what the, the direction they want to take. Awesome, great. But don't hold on and don't call still call yourself a metal band. And that's why bands will often have <clears throat> projects and they call them projects or one band member and they they they've all left the band. The band's breaking up. Four of the five members go off and make another band. It's called a different name, but it's still four of the five members. Now, what are you going to say? Well, that's still the original band. No, they could have done that. They could have called themselves something different and said, okay, Metallica broke up. This is now whatever the fuck. Great. I would have a lot more respect for them to be completely honest. I, you know, I, I would be willing to, to agree to the point that uh, once you get into load, that that is much more of a radio-friendly hard rock album than it is a metal album. Um, but when you're talking about this Black album, I don't think there's any way that you can not say that this is a metal album. For one, it's it has all of the elements that a metal album has. It has, I mean, this is not that far of a departure from Injustice for All in reality. It's got the same drop tunings. It doesn't have, you know, the double kick bass action uh, on the drums that, you know, Justice had. The drums are less heavy. They're more, uh, you know, more tame in my opinion, which is what I, like I said, I, that's what I dislike most about this album is that I, uh, is, is the drums. I wish the drums were heavier, but the guitars, the guitar riffs are as, are as heavy as they have been on any album. I mean, this is the riffs on here are fantastic. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can say that, that this is not a metal album. I would, I would be able to agree to a point moving forward into load reload, uh, you know, that those, I would, I would give you that point there but this for sure is is a metal album i don't think there's any way to argue yeah and it's a fantastic metal album at that i just think they're starting to expand the metal sound 
Sailor, you can disagree with me all you want. No, you but that's think The Unforgiven is about. a metal song. Where no, I'm not saying that that's song. a metal song. Now, Nothing else matters like, as a metal song. Yeah, but that's but that's like when you've in the past said that uh, that like Ride the Lightning is uh, a thrash album, but there's like one thrash song on the whole album. Oh, it's the it. same. It's the same way as like looking at this looking at this album, and there's one non-metal song on the album, and all of a sudden it's a non-metal song. Not that's one? like a completely opposite argument. The there's two the there's two songs on this album that that are you know not typical metal songs there's, like, there's, like there's nothing else matters and unforgiven and other than that every other song on this album wherever i is, may roam, is a metal song wherever i may roam is metal mm, yeah. absolutely the god that failed is a little it's not that metal either enter sandman uh, that's you want to, well go back to uh you know meaningful subversive lyrics and you're going to say that uh the god that failed doesn't fit that mold when he's singing about uh can have his, meaningful subversive about his anti-God feelings while his mom's going through cancer? That doesn't make it metal. <laughs> that doesn't huh? make it, just because you have subversive lyrics, it doesn't make it metal. That was your point that you made earlier. No, I, no it wasn't. <laughs> I did not but I'm saying subversive it's, lyrics make a metal album. Have you, I mean, I mean this, are you this album has every element to make it a metal album. Sounds like you're saying, Sailor, that if it has mass appeal, it can't be metal. No, I'm saying this is not a metal album. This is a hard rock album. This is a radio. It's not rock a thrash album. album. It's a metal album. It is exactly. a metal album. If nothing else, I mean, they created a category by making the number one selling metal album of all time. So if anything needs to change, they, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be that they solidified a genre. It's going to be whoever doesn't think that that genre exists needs to change their mind because it is reality that this is the number one selling metal album of all time. Just because someone said Metallica is a metal band does not necessarily make them a metal band. It is the music and the style of it and the veracity and the speed of the music that makes something a thrash metal album. I think your guys' understanding of the genres is completely different. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm sure just saying there's there are a lot of there yeah. are a lot of like uh, adverbs of metal, and <laughs> but to me, this album is kind of that that central metal, and then you tack on the others when you tack on different you know speed of drums, different type of drumming, different type of guitaring and picking kind of you okay, know okay. solidify the different genres within the metal but regardless of the word metal it's a different band it's not the same people band. are going to hate us for how much we it's argue music. the end not different this genre of metal <laughs> trying to separate the music fan from the metallica fan it's very difficult for me to do that uh because the metallica fan always overrides everything else that I like in music. So the Metallica fan um, is not a fan of this album. Yeah, to keep it simple. All right, and there you have it, folks. We've all, we've all said our piece, and uh, you know what? That's what the show's about. It's going to get heated, and, uh, and we're going to disagree. And you know what? Next episode, probably going to do it again, and we'll be great friends in between each episode. That's how it goes down. Mm. Hey, music's music's polarizing like this. That's, that's why right. that's why it's such a great thing to talk about. I agree. Okay, so now that we've all calmed down, maybe we can talk about things we like. 
anything lately that you've been uh, been listening to that you'd like to share with our dear listeners? Didn't I mention uh, my dad wrote a porno last week? Yes. <clears throat> yes, you did. On my very long drives that I've had recently, I had to actually turn it off because I was laughing so hard I was crying and couldn't see the road. I mean, like... <laughs> fits and fits of laughter and of course they're british so it makes it even i don't know why it's uh, so much funnier it's, british. it's so much funnier with the british so, accent so much funny yes. amazing but this guy this so let me just let me just set it up for you guys so this guy's dad is retired and he's irish which makes it even better when his son does the irish accent and he so he 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 finds out that 50 shades of gray he calls it 50 colors of gray by the way is this big sensation, and it was self-published. This lady just published this shit on Amazon. So he says, well, I can do that, too. So he writes this this uh, erotic novel called um, Something Blinks. I forget her name. It is horribly written. So he asks his son to read it and what, say, what do you think about it? So his son reads every week. It's a new chapter. And he reads it with his two best friends. And they interject I mean, sometimes he can't even get through one sentence without interjecting. It's hysterical. But also when he gets bummed out about it, it's so funny. Like he'll read a line and like recognize that his dad wrote the word like touched her clitoris or something. And he just gets so bummed out. It's so funny. Oh it's his own parent writing this disgusting <laughs> stuff. It's so funny. The best part is, is like. I don't even think he's ever had kinky sex because the shit that his <laughs> fantasies are so bizarre and not even like they don't even make sense. Oh, my God. It is so, so funny. I I mean, if you want to get a good laugh, don't have the kids around. But it's definitely something you can listen to with your wives as well. It is hysterical. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts right now. That's great. To your, to your point on the uh, British accents, you guys ever listen to the Bourbon Gents podcast? No. Oh, really? Oh, it's really good. It's a couple of guys in, uh, I think they're like outside of London. And, you know, obviously they're, they're kind of right in the, you know, near the epicenter of uh, of scotch and Irish whiskey and, and they're bourbon drinkers and, and obviously bourbon gents. But I crack up at, I mean, just their accents just crack me up, the different words that they use in terms. And, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I'll just say that's that's I think they only do uh, it's either biweekly or monthly podcast, but it's a good one. It's enjoyable. It's funny. Um, they're very self-deprecating, but it's also very informative, too. Nice. Matt, how about you? Well, I stumbled across this podcast called um, Legends, Myths and Whiskey. Uh, so basically, I think feel the premise of that is basically the premise of that is somebody narrates basically a legend that you've you know you may have heard of like a greek legend or perseus or whatever uh there's another guy that provides like background sound and soundscapes and then they talk about whiskey and then they drink a lot of whiskey as well this sounds amazing (laughs) yeah so i mean i mean the episodes are pretty short i think the one that the first one i heard um about perseus i think it's like 15 minutes but it's it's so good and it's so different and i love finding different things so um, go check that out. Legends, myths, and whiskey. I'm going to check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. We would just want to give a huge, uh, thanks to all of our listeners out there. And, um, you know, if you like what you hear, tell your friends, 
and uh, join us next week for another episode of the Metal Rock and Whiskey podcast. Matt? So to all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Please find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about the show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Whiskey and ask to join to continue all the discussions you heard on the show. Participate in polls and sound off on anything you want to about metal, rock, or whiskey. Find us on YouTube. Give us a like and please subscribe on iTunes. Give a review. And for the love of God, please do not be an asshole. Give us that five-star rating. You can also follow us individually on Instagram. Find me, yours truly, at the Whiskey Possessor. That is Whiskey, save the E. Ed? You can also find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. You can find me as Sailor Retro on the internets. Jake? Oh, man. this I don't know how it's going to sound to everybody listening. You know, and thanks to Ed, because he edits this, and I'm sure he's going to make it brilliant. But for the last, like, half hour... This has been like a shit show of laughter and uh, and screw ups. And who knows if it doesn't sound that way in the episode. Well, then let me tell you about this. Uh, you should check out our Patreon. Uh, it is set up. You'll find the link in our Instagram. And uh, one of the tiers in there uh, will allow you to hear Patreon only content, which might be a nice little chunk of this episode that probably won't air. So, with that, thank you, Sailor. But guys, my drink's gone. Tip your ages. We're out. where to find me i don't know where am i i don't even know where i am awesome (laughs) (laughs) nobody gives a shit (laughs) oh i didn't even say it you can find me at bourbon spartan on instagram too yeah you can find me at bourbon spartan on instagram too (laughs) okay and i think it's time to cut sailor off (laughs) this is is awesome she's beat red right now (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.